welcome to this episode of the Gridiron, where we talk all things college football and NFL. I am currently recording from the great state of Washington, where it is rainy and cold. How's it looking down in Colorado, Bryce? Uh, it's a little chilly here today. Sun's out, but it's about 26 degrees. It's a little chilly. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're having a wonderful week. Uh, thank you for tuning in, as always. Today, we'll go through conference title games, recap those college football playoff as those were announced this weekend and we'll do our bowl predictions like we've done uh, the past couple uh, we did the first couple last week and then we'll do a good chunk this week we'll do some Heisman predictions and then we'll move into our NFL segments with the playoff pictures the NFC playoff shakeup some of the few key matchups from the weekend as well as our normal game predictions at the end of this episode and you know this week starts on Christmas day so it'll be a fun week this week football starts on Friday Games on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we have three straight days of uh, NFL football this week, and it should be a great weekend. Oh, yeah, totally. And we've got bowl games throughout the week. And it's just a great time of the year, right, with the family, opening presents. And then we get to – after we open the presents up, we get some NFL on Christmas Day. Nothing better than it. But uh, looking back on those conference title games, Pac-12 it was the first one on last Friday between Oregon and USC. Obviously, there was some controversy on – whether Oregon even should have been playing for the Pac-12 North because they didn't even win the North. But for COVID-related issues, Washington couldn't play, and Oregon not only played in it but won it. So they are the Pac-12 champs, and they are the ones that will be playing in the Fiesta Bowl against Iowa State. So, I mean, when you're just looking at the Pac-12 in general, I just how do you feel like they handled the whole year? I mean, I feel like it was just weird from the start, and it kind of ended with a weird champion. Yeah, it was a weird way to do it. I salute the Pac-12 for staying strong to what they had said and delaying the season. But the way they ran it wasn't necessarily the most fair thing or correct thing, I guess, in a sports league uh, standpoint. But, hey, you know, you played games, you had a conference champion. Whether that conference champion should or should not have been there, they won it. And so, you know, props to Oregon for coming out and upsetting USC. I don't think anybody really expected that too much. Uh, and they came out and won the game, played well, ran the football well, two different rush, two different guys had over 50 yards rushing, um, 135 yards rushing for the team. They played a good game. And, you know, Pac-12, it will need to make a comeback next year as far as for recruiting purposes in the future and stuff like that. But I think they did as good as they could have done with how they delayed the season and their COVID protocols. Yeah, I just think their COVID protocols were obviously different from other conferences, and that's what kind of set them behind a little bit. If they didn't have enough scholarship players available, they wouldn't play. But teams like Ohio State, who we can talk about next, they had 22 guys out this week, and they still managed to put a team together and win the Big Ten Championship as they beat Northwestern 22-10. to 10. wasn't pretty. Northwestern, honestly, was looking like the better team in that first half, but Ohio State gets the win, and the committee lets them get into the playoff, and they're actually the number three seed, and they'll take on Clemson in the playoff. you agree with Ohio State in the playoff? Well, first I'm going to talk about the Ohio State-Northwestern game. We can get into the what I, my opinion on the college football yeah. playoff here in a second. But it was an interesting game. Obviously, coaching shows in that second half. Ohio State's coaches made great adjustments in the second half, um, rallied their players, came out, had a 16-point run unanswered in the second half, and won the game by 12 points. Well done, uh, Ohio State coaching staff. However, 
as you guys, if you guys listened to last week's episode, I was really rooting for Northwestern so we could maybe see Iowa State in the playoff. Obviously, both Northwestern and Iowa State lost, so all hope was lost there. But, you know, Ohio State in the playoff is an interesting thing, and we can get into it in a few minutes. But it was an interesting big-time championship game for me. It felt a little weird, but it was interesting, and most conference championship games did feel weird other than ACC. I don't know that there was a whole lot of conference championship games that felt normal. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields was 12 for 27 with 114 yards passing and two picks. And if you see that stat line, you're like, oh, Ohio State just lost. Luckily, the transfer from Oklahoma, Trey Sermon, had 331 yards rushing and two touchdowns, which was like, broke like Ohio State records, broke a lot of Zeke's records from the year that they won the national championship. So if Fields can figure it out and Sermon can run that, run that way, I still really think Ohio State could win this thing as – ugly as it looked against Northwestern, but it's going to be tough. They're going to have to go through Clemson and I'm predicting Alabama, but Ohio State did the job and they moved on. And then you were just talking about Iowa State in the big 12 championship. Oklahoma beat them 27 to 21. I mean, I, I predicted this one. I just, I didn't really feel like Iowa State was legit. Big 12 championship, Oklahoma wins. They jumped Oklahoma all the way up to number six. What do you think about that? Oklahoma has come around in the second half of the season. They've played well, but I think Iowa State should have won that game however you know if you play bad you're not gonna win so yeah I I don't know if I agree with Oklahoma all the way up to six right now I I do agree that they turned the season around but man it was just they weren't looking good at all at the end of the year you never would have guessed that at the end of the year they were even going to be top 10 nonetheless number six but hey he won they won their conference like they always do and they have themselves a new year six bowl so good for them all right, let's go into the probably the biggest one, I would say, the ACC championship between Clemson and Notre Dame. Both teams are both are still in the playoff, which we kind of predicted, hey, if Clemson wins, Notre Dame's still going to have that one loss. They'll probably still be in. That's the one scenario where they'd still both be in. And Clemson just dominated them from start to finish, I would say. Trevor Lawrence finally got to play against Notre Dame, got his revenge game, possibly a Heisman moment, who knows. But uh, Clemson gets a 24-point win. Does Notre Dame even – should they even be in the playoff? And uh, what do you think about the game? I agree with them in the playoff because they've played really well against everybody all year. Just because somebody doesn't play well in a conference championship game doesn't necessarily mean that they shouldn't be in the playoff. But also, give credit to this Clemson offense. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, 25 of 36, 322 yards, two touchdowns, overall QBR of 88.4. But then you look at their rushing, which really stood out to me. Their running back, 10 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown. But then their second most leading rusher, Trevor Lawrence, 14 carries, 90 yards. They had 219 total rushing yards on the day. If you can run the football like that, it's really hard to beat a team. You know, hats off to this Clemson team. They played very well. They absolutely dominated. But, I mean, they did slow down in the second half. They only had a touchdown in the third quarter. Uh, and a field goal in the fourth quarter. So they did start to slow down in the second half, but Notre Dame has to make some serious adjustments coming to this college football playoff because they're going to play an Alabama offense that is very good at running the football. So that would be my key thing uh, from that matchup. Yeah, definitely. I, I would also give props to that Clemson defense. They shut Ian Book and Notre Dame down. Notre Dame didn't score a touchdown until eight minutes left in the game which is pretty much a garbage time touchdown when they're down 34 to three. So you got to give up to that defense. I'm really liking Clemson right now. As you said, 
Lawrence and Etienne, that's a very hard combo to stop on the ground. And then Lawrence in the air is just, we already know what he's capable of. And then I would, uh, I would agree with you. I just, I brought the question up about Notre Dame in the playoff because there was a lot of people saying A&M should have been in, but I agree. Notre Dame has had a great year. They did beat Clemson earlier this year. They have the resume. They should be in the playoff, but they may get smacked against Alabama. There's like a, there's a definitely a possibility of that happening and I can't see them beating them, but I hope so, just as a football fan. All right, SEC Championship, Alabama beats Florida 52-46. to 46. I don't know. I just, they give up 46. I, I know it's Florida, but they give up 46. I, that is something that I think needs to be said. But once again, just crazy numbers from the Alabama offense. Mac Jones with 418 yards passing, five touchdowns, one pick. Najee Harris has been going off. And then on the other side, Cal Trask still trying to win that Heisman, even though they've got three losses. Offensive firepower all around. What do you think about that game? You know, I think it was a big offensive game, and it does show some weaknesses for that Alabama defense. Even though they've been very good over the years and found ways to stop football teams, they could not stop Florida. And, I mean, Kyle Trask, this might have been his most pivotal game for his Heisman race to just say, hey, I am still here. Um, my team may have lost a few games. I may have had a few games canceled, but I'm still here, and I'm still a good quarterback. I mean, 408 yards still in the football and three touchdowns with no picks, that's a very, very good stat line. So overall, great performance by Florida. Alabama, they played decently well. I mean, decently well in Alabama standards is obviously 52 points, which is nuts. Yeah. But they obviously will have some key things on the defensive side to work out when they come and face Notre Dame, who has been pretty good on the offensive side of the ball this year. So obviously, I think they'll win that game but it does kind of show Notre Dame like hey these are the keys for you to hit on going into this game against Alabama for the playoffs yeah we can talk about these college football playoff matchups real quick but I first want to just say hey Cincinnati did squeak one out against Tulsa hit the game-winning field goal to go 9-0 obviously that still didn't do much for them when it came to the selection committee as they're ranked number eight at the end of the year they'll get a chance to prove themselves against number nine Georgia in the Sugar Bowl I believe actually the Peach Bowl but hey, give it to, give it up to Cincinnati. I've been a big Cincinnati guy all year. So yeah. But when we're looking ahead to the playoffs, we've already kind of talked about some of these matchups. Where are you Where are you thinking right now? I'm I'm glad that they didn't uh, match Notre Dame and Clemson up again. I think we've seen that matchup enough. And hey, if they both happen to win, then sure, we'll see it in the national championship. But something tells me that's not going to be the case. So a couple opinions on the college football playoff this year more than ever. The decisions by the college football playoff committee were money driven. They wanted to put in whatever teams would get the most revenue as far as people watching on TV, because honestly, in the sports world, that's all the money they're making is from TV listings and all the money they're getting from viewership on TV. And in a COVID world where colleges are struggling to make their budgets because of COVID and not being able to have fans in the stands and packing out stadiums and events and stuff like that. They definitely, that definitely played a big role in this decision this year. So I've heard many, many people be very upset. Yes. I don't know that I agree with Ohio state being in the playoff. I don't know that I agree with Notre Dame being in the playoff, but they are going to be the most viewed teams. If you put A&M in, not as many people are going to watch A&M because everybody knows A&M would probably get kicked by Alabama. They're not going to put Cincinnati in because Cincinnati will get kicked by Alabama. 
So teams like that, I feel like, may have gotten snubbed out of this college football playoff. But more than anything, it was a revenue-driven decision by the college football playoff committee this year, purely because of COVID, I feel like, was a big driving factor this year. Yeah, I I completely agree there. And honestly, I feel like this could have been the year they could have expanded. And they could have said, hey, this is just like the one-year thing. We're going to just try eight teams or we're going to try 12 teams, maybe 16 teams. And we're just going to see what happens. And I think it would have been awesome. And everybody would have loved it. And maybe it could have just happened every year. Because I feel like this year, with just all the different seasons that leagues were playing, it just made sense for maybe more teams to have an opportunity to make it. But at the end of the day, I agree with Ohio State. And I think they are one of the top four teams in the country, as little games they've played. Honestly, it probably doesn't matter who's at that four seed. Alabama's probably smacking them either way, just the way they've been playing. I think it's going to be more interesting to, as to who they play in the national championship, where I think it's going to be a lot closer of a game. And I'll be rooting for an Ohio State or a Clemson, personally. But yeah, do you want to maybe predict these two playoff games? I'll start it off by saying I think Alabama is going to smack Notre Dame, and I don't think Notre Dame is going to have double-digit points. That's going to be my first prediction. Wow. So I'm going to give Notre Dame double-digit points. I think they score at least 10. But I do think Alabama wins this game there's just too much firepower and talent on Alabama for Notre Dame to try and compete with that. You know, like I said, I'd love for Notre Dame to win, but statistics and rosters are telling in sports, and Alabama obviously has a huge advantage when it comes to that. Well, they've got like three guys that could possibly win the Heisman, like on their offense. So, yeah, it's pretty scary. And honestly, I'm probably overreacting with the whole uh, double-digit thing, but it's definitely a possibility. Like, Notre Dame could just get shut down. But after giving up 46 to Florida, it does make me second guess that, but I'm not going to back out from it now. Might as well just say they're going to score single digits. And then in that Ohio State-Clemson game, I think it's going to be a great game. It was actually the same matchup in the semifinals last year, and it came down to a Justin Fields interception in the end zone where Ohio State could have won it. Where are you looking at there? Uh, I got Clemson purely because they've played more games. They've played better. They have more talent on their team. And I think that Trevor Lawrence wants to finish his college career with a national championship again. I think he doesn't want to lose any more games. And, you know, I got Trevor Lawrence. He's a great quarterback and defense does win championships. But, you know, Clemson's defense showed out against Notre Dame. So, you know, I got Clemson going to the national championship against Alabama. Yeah, both these teams gave up 10 points last week. Clemson gave up 10 to Notre Dame versus Ohio State giving up 10 to Northwestern. I'll give that as to Clemson. I like Clemson in this one. I like him in the whole thing, actually. But I just really like this one-two combo with Lawrence and ETN. Those are two guys that I think are going to be great NFL players, and I think they're going to um, show out in their last two games of the year because I am predicting Clemson to beat Ohio State. National championship, it seems like we both have Alabama-Clemson, which we've seen enough in the last five years, I think. This is, what, the fourth time in the last – five years that it's been Alabama Clemson maybe six years and it's been a great matchup every year so I guess we can't complain about that but man can we get a little change maybe can we get more LSUs of the world that would be great um national championship prediction I got Clemson defense wins championships and Alabama's defense has started to slack off in the last couple weeks so I got Clemson it will be very tight it will be close um, it'll be a great game to watch, but I got Clemson. So it seems like we're on the same page here. We've got the same exact national championship predictions or the whole same exact college football playoff predictions. I think Clemson wins a tight one as well. I think Lawrence shows out. We'll see if he wins the Heisman beforehand. 
we'll uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. But I like Lawrence and Etienne over Jones and Najee Harris as good as that other combo is, and I love Devonte Smith, um, receiver for Alabama. Um, also, also Jaden Waddle maybe coming back, the speedster who got hurt earlier in the year. So it's gonna be a just a lot of stars, a lot of future NFL players on the field. But I'm gonna go with Clemson in a tight one. Lawrence is gonna get a second national championship. All right, so. Let's uh, predict the Bulls through the 30th, which is when the next podcast will come out, and we'll make our last predictions next week. Starting on the 24th, we have Hawaii and Houston in the New Mexico Bowl. Who you got in that one? I got Houston in this one. Houston has not performed very well in the past in bowl games, um, but they've played better opponents, and I think they have a better roster. Plus, Hawaii's going to have to come and fly all the way to Texas. So it's basically a home game for Houston. So I'm going to go with Houston in this one. I agree with that Houston pick as well. Moving on to Christmas Day, apparently we got more football on Christmas because in the Camellia Bowl, we have Marshall and Buffalo. Uh, I'm sure you have plenty of insight on these two teams. I got Buffalo in this one. Uh, Marshall has lost two games this year and they weren't necessarily the great teams. I think they were ranked way higher than they deserved. I didn't think they deserved to be ranked at all. Um, and Buffalo has always been a scary, like hidden good football team. And they just don't play in a great conference and don't typically get uh, their conference championships and stuff like that. But Buffalo is usually a decent team. So I'm going to go Buffalo. Yeah. Marshall's coming off of a loss to UAB. So I think they're going to bounce back, and the Thundering Herd are going to get that Christmas Day win. All right, on the 26th, we have Western Kentucky and Georgia State in the Lending Tree Bowl. Who you got there? I think I'm going to go Georgia State. Western Kentucky has had its ups and downs this year. I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of them. But Georgia State's quarterback has played decently well this year, 2,000 yards passing the ball and 14 touchdowns. He's definitely a player to watch in this game. But I'm going to go with Georgia State. I also am going to go with Georgia State. Western Kentucky has six losses this year against not great teams. So I'm going to say Georgia State finds a way to win this game. And then the next game, I'm going to pick 19-ranked Louisiana Lafayette over University of Texas San Antonio in the first responder bowl, also on the 26th. Are you there with me or are you going upset here? No, I'm with you. I'm going Louisiana for that one. Yep, I think they beat Iowa State week one and – which is part of the reason why I'm just confused on why Iowa State was ranked so high. But it was week one. So, But that shows you how good Louisiana Lafayette is, and that's probably the team you want to go with in that game. And then actually a really good game, in my opinion, on the night of the 26th, we have Liberty at Coastal Carolina. Liberty, 9-1 and one on the year. They were ranked for most of the year until they got their one loss. Coastal Carolina, undefeated, ranked 12th right now. They beat BYU, who just smacked UCF. Who you got in this one? I got Coastal Carolina. I think they're going to continue uh, their perfect season. I think Coastal Carolina is just a good football team. Uh, players to watch in this game, Coastal Carolina's running back, CJ Morable. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Apologies if I did. 162 carries, 844 yards, and 12 touchdowns on the year. Great, great stat line for a running back. He is the player to watch for me in this game I got Coastal Carolina I'm gonna go upset here I'm gonna go Liberty just looking at their schedule they knocked off Syracuse on the road this year they went into Virginia Tech and won this year and their one loss is by one point at North Carolina State 
So not only did they schedule three ACC teams, but they almost won all of them. And I think either way, this one's going to be close because Liberty always keeps it close. But I think Liberty's actually going to squeak this one out in a really good bowl game here on the 26th. All right, let's jump ahead all the way to the 29th because that's when the next bowl game is. Number 21, Oklahoma State at 18 Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl. This one's tight for me, but I'm going to go Oklahoma State, which technically would be an upset because currently Miami is ranked higher than Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's just played some good football this year. Their running back, Chuba Hubbard, has been very, very good this year. And so is Tyler Wallace, their wide receiver. He's got 877 yards receiving, six touchdowns on the year. So those are two players to watch for Oklahoma State. Uh, I got Oklahoma State over Miami. Yep, you name the two guys that are going to be NFL stars, in my opinion, Hubbard and Tylen Wallace. They're, I expected more out of them, honestly, this year. I thought they were going to be a one-two combo that the Big 12 honestly couldn't handle. I thought they might win the Big 12. But a couple losses in a row for them. They're going to turn it around against a Miami team that they're just up and down, and I don't, I don't know if I can trust them, honestly, after the way they played against North Carolina a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State. And then in the second game, the Alamo Bowl, Number 20, Texas at 4-1 and one Colorado. Does the Pac-12 get one win for us this year? See, I want to so badly say go Buffs, but, you know, I got to go with the Longhorns. Texas has played well. Sam Ellinger is a great quarterback. He's played a lot of great years at Texas. He is a player to watch, but I'm going to go Texas in this one just because Colorado hasn't played a whole lot of games, and Sam Ellinger is a great quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to go Texas too. I think this – is possibly Ellinger's last game uh, in college. He, he may just go to the NFL draft. We'll see. But also, I remember Texas playing a really good Utah team that we thought like was one of the best teams in the Pac-12 last year in the bowl game, and Texas just smacked them. So, sadly, the Pac-12 is just on a lower level than the other Power 5 schools right now, and I'm hoping that will turn around in the next couple of years, but I think Texas wins this one handedly. And then finally, on the last day, we have three games on December 30th, Wake Forest at Wisconsin. Two teams that are 4-4 four and four and 3-3. Three and three. Who you got on this one? I am a Wisconsin fan. If I had to choose a college football team, that would normally be my team to root for. They haven't played well this year, and they've gotten smacked by COVID. Currently, the line says that Wisconsin is favored by seven points. It's, it's going to be tight, but I'm going to go Wisconsin just because – that's usually who I would root for, but it's going to be an interesting game. These are two mediocre teams, and it could be an interesting game. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is Wisconsin even going to score seven points? Like, I, I don't know. Just the, the, the way their offense is playing, playing this year. But the same goes for Wake Forest. I mean, these are just two very mediocre, as you said, teams. And I'm going to go Wisconsin in a tight one, and then honestly, it might be like 13 to 10. All right, second game of the day, we got Iowa at Missouri. Five and five Missouri, man. They're letting everybody into a bowl game in the SEC. Well, you know, the craziest thing was South Carolina, which we don't predict quite yet. Um, but they got a bowl game. I'm not sure exactly when it is, or they at least got a bid into a bowl game with only two wins. So that was a little concerning to me. But I got to go with the Big Ten. The Big Ten's big and scary and can run the football. Missouri is in the SEC, so they do play a lot of good teams but the line is also show, favoring Iowa by 14 and a half points right now. Uh, so I'm going to go Iowa. I don't agree with the 14 and a half. I don't think they'll cover that even closely, but I do think Iowa will win a close one just because I think they're the better football team. 
And then the final game, we finally get a New Year's Six Bowl game to predict here, the Cotton Bowl. We have Florida at, and Oklahoma, number seven and number six in the country. I have a feeling where you might go here, but where are you, you going to pick? Give me them Gators, baby. I love Kyle Trask. He's played very, very well this year. 4,000 yards passing the ball, 43 touchdowns. Great quarterback. Give me Florida. Yeah, I'm going to go Florida, too. There might not be too much defense in this game, but at the end of the day, it's gonna be come. It's gonna go between Kyle Trask and Spencer Rattler, and I think it's far and far and above Kyle Trask who's gonna find a way to win this game, and Rattler will have his uh, chances in the next couple of years. But I think it's Trask's turn to uh, get that last win before he more than likely goes into the NFL. So moving into the NFL, we had some big upsets, um, some crazy games this weekend. And we'll go into the NFC first. NFC had a little bit of a playoff shakeup going on this week. First, we'll talk about Seattle versus Washington. I know you were happy that Washington won that game, but it, it was closer than people would have expected, especially with Alex Smith out. Oh, I knew it was going to be close as a Seahawks fan. The Seahawks don't really blow anybody out unless it's the Jets. They they keep it close. They keep you, us Seahawks fans on the edge of, the toe, of their toe. Uh, toes and man I just knew that it was going to come down to that last drive like it always does and honestly the football team had a chance to go win it and the Seahawks defense is sketchy as they play all year really they end up coming up with that one stop that gets them the win and that's been enough for them Um, but it does scare me when it comes to the playoffs but Seahawks moving into 10 and 4 and then football team still keeping their uh, division lead so it's actually crazy the Seahawks are the three seed in the Football team's a four seed right now. And then the Rams. The Rams actually fall to nine and five this week with a with a good loss to the New York Jets. I just can't believe that happened whatsoever. Like, I can't even imagine that the Jets really wanted to win this game. So how in the world did they beat the Los Angeles Rams? So here's here's my thing. For those of you that don't know me personally, I do have a family member that is a coach in the NFL. I'm going to keep what team he coaches for. Um, and his name off the podcast for his privacy and for mine. But knowing coaches in the NFL and talking to him, it's never the coaches or the players that tank. It's always the front office. And so guys in that locker room and on that coaching staff are auditioning for their future job, whether it's at the Jets or other teams. So, you know, I'm happy, so happy for this Jets team. Those guys played their butts off. They won a football game. I mean, I hope they partied so hard after that win because that was a great win for them. So, yes, the Jets necessarily, for Jets fans, it was really sucky to win. But for that football team, I am so happy for those coaches and those players because that is really important um, to have a win in the books and not go down as one of those two or three teams um, that go winless. Great job, Jets. Um, Rams, we have some serious issues that we'll have to talk about and work through. Um, but well, they can, through, they can work through them next week after after the Seahawks game. If they want to continue on this little thing they've got going, then they can uh, figure it out week 17. Or just never. I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> they want to play like they did against the Jets forever. I'd be, I'd be cool with that as well. But I think you make a great point that, yeah, the coaches and the players, they're, they're fighting for their future jobs. They're fighting to make money and stay in the league. And, it, yeah, it totally is the front office that are making moves for the future without making moves for the future. They're just kind of keeping it low-key and, like, you know, doing little things that 
maybe help them lose, which is a little sketchy, but honestly, it makes sense, especially with Trevor Lawrence being a possible prize at the end of the tunnel for him this year. But it was hilarious just seeing Jets fans just absolutely depressed, saying it's the worst day in, in football for him. They said they had one thing going for him all year, and it was Trevor Lawrence. And now they're probably not going to get him. And, hey, eight years from now, if Trevor Lawrence is like an MVP for the Jacksonville Jaguars, man, it's going to be hurting that much more for him. So, and they're always going to look back on this day, beating a, a great Rams team. But will it be worth it? Who knows? Yeah, and one other thing that I'll bring up. Um, I heard this, I believe it was on the Pat McAfee show. Um, they brought up a quote from, it was the Eagles lineman. I'm trying to remember his name, but I can't right now. Anyway, he said, he made a great point that one player doesn't win a Super Bowl. One player doesn't make a team great. It's a roster of guys. It's a habit of winning. And so it's not over, Jets fans. It's not over. Sam Darnold is a decent quarterback. You just need to start building around him instead of trying to just grab a bunch of different pieces and slap it together and hope it works. So that will be your key in the future. You can survive without Trevor Lawrence. One player does not make a football team. So don't overreact too much, Jets fans. Just be happy that your football team actually won a game. Yeah, and I think it's totally a culture thing. And it'll be interesting to see where they go in the draft. And they might just stick with Donald now if they don't go, if they can't get Lawrence. But uh, we'll have to see where they go. It'll be very interesting. Also, some other bigger games in the NFC. The Cardinals stay in the playoff hunt as they beat the Eagles in a really good game between two Oklahoma quarterbacks. Kyler Murray had 406 yards and three touchdowns and a pick. Jalen Hurts, 338 and three touchdowns. Eagle fans need to be excited for the future. But the Cardinals keep going at eight and six. And then Tampa Bay squeaks one out against the Falcons. We, we had to know that the Falcons still had time to boil one more game for us. So... Falcons had a huge lead, and they ended up losing by four. Buccaneers hold on to the sixth seed at 9-5. and five. And then the Packers beating the Panthers 24-16 to 16 pretty handedly, I would say, on Saturday. And they have the outright one seed. So uh, any surprises there in those kind of key NFC matchups? Not a whole lot. I mean, the Buccaneers, I saw a picture on Instagram the other day when – Tom Brady has his head in between his hands at coming out of halftime. You just, you know, you're going to lose. Um, he's going to come out and absolutely go on a tear the second half. And that's exactly what they did. 21 points in the third quarter, 10 points in the fourth quarter. He ended up throwing for 390 yards, two touchdowns. Played a great game in that second half. Does bring up some concerns for the playoffs. But I think that the Buccaneers could be a good football team in the playoffs. It will depend on who shows up and for how long on that Buccaneers team. Because clearly not a whole lot of guys did show up in that first half. And then my other concern would be the Packers and their offensive skid in that second half. Pretty concerning to watch them go three and out after three and out after three and out in the second half. Doesn't matter if you're up by 21, if you're up 21-3 or not. Um, you should at least be able to push the ball down the field a little bit more not saying that they're bad but is a slight concern point heading into these playoffs because there are some good offensive teams that can run away very quickly and then the Packers as you mentioned they have the outright one seed now that the Saints lost and they're down to 10 and 4 and I would say it was a game of the week as we kind of expected between the Chiefs and the Saints it was just a fun game to watch a lot of Offensive firepower. Drew Brees started off really slow, but ended up with three touchdowns. 
Mahomes worked his magic like he usually does. Super Bowl preview? What would you say? I don't know about that. Drew Brees coming off of this injury has looked a little bit shaky. I think he'll bring it back. We'll see how Michael Thomas comes back. Uh, he came back earlier this year and was still hurting and still struggling. Um, they put him on IR. He'll be back for the playoffs. But that will be a concern point for me. Um, and just how consistent they can be. Because obviously they came out in that first quarter and couldn't do anything. And then gradually as the game went on, progressively got better and better. A key thing to talk about this weekend, um, the Chiefs can clinch the one seed. And that one and only by um, by winning the game this weekend, if they win, they will have the first round by and the one seed locked up. So a big help for the Chiefs was obviously the Steelers losing, which we'll probably get to later. But that will be a key thing is that the Chiefs probably have the one seed if they can come out with a win this week. Yeah, that's and I'm sure they will win and they probably will lock up that one seed. Um, a couple of fantasy things, honestly, from this game, fantasy football. Michael Thomas is a concern for me, man. He, he's going to be out for my fantasy playoffs. I, I know he'll be back for the real playoffs, but dang, I, I could really use him in the fantasy playoffs. And then if the Chiefs do win uh, next week, you could probably see them benching all their stars week 17, and that could hurt a lot of people in fantasy as well and can possibly give a team like the Chargers a win in that last week. So we'll have to see what happens there. But the Chiefs are looking dominant. They beat a lot of good teams this year, and it'll be interesting to see if anybody can play with them and, and come January because they have a lot of firepower that we've been talking about for a couple weeks now. Moving into that AFC, the Ravens win, the Dolphins win, the Colts win, the Titans win. Nobody really like fell off other than maybe the Raiders. The Raiders might be toast at this point after they lost Thursday night. Looking at just at the wild card picture, Cleveland and Indianapolis are at the five and six spots with at 10 and four. And then Miami and Baltimore are just fighting for that last spot at nine and five. It's going to be tough for Miami to win out, but uh, which teams do you think are going to come, you know, going to be in that playoff picture at the end of the year? Well, it'll be tight, but I'm going to tell you a few of the playoff um, scenarios um, for this weekend. So for the Cleveland Browns to clinch a playoff berth this weekend, they need to win and they need either Baltimore, Miami, or Indianapolis to lose. If any of those three teams lose and they win, they're in the playoffs. For the Indianapolis Colts, they need to win, and they need either Baltimore or Miami to lose, and they clinch a playoff berth. They're in the playoff if any of those th- – or if the combination of those two things happen. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is not the wild card, um, but just another playoff picture thing um, to watch. For the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers to clinch the AFC North, they need a win or Cleveland needs to lose. Either of those two things would clinch the AFC North for the Steelers and get them a top-four seed. For the Tennessee Titans, um, they will clinch the AFC South division with a win and an Indianapolis loss. Or they can clinch a playoff berth with either a win or a Miami loss or a Baltimore loss. Those are the playoff um, implications that this weekend holds. This is the interesting thing as we get into week 16 and week 17, watching these playoff pictures and who can clinch what. It'll be interesting to see what teams can win games or lose games coming up this weekend. Yeah, this is, this is what we're here for these last two weeks to see who can make it in the playoffs, who can get hot at the right time. And there, there's some really key matchups there in the AFC with the Colts and the Steelers playing, possibly the Steelers losing four in a row. Like, I could totally see that happening, which could set up an actual AFC North championship pretty much week 17 between the Browns and the Steelers, which who would have seen that coming? 
I mean, the Steelers started off 11 and 0, and they could end up what at 11 and 5 in the wild card spot. That's crazy, but it's a very possible scenario. So that AFC is gonna be tight, and when you're looking at the two nine and five teams there, the uh, Ravens and the Dolphins, I don't know. It's not looking too hot for the Dolphins. The Dolphins have to beat the Raiders, which I think they will on Saturday. And then they have the Buffalo Bills who may be fighting for like a two seed uh, and actually like trying to win that game week 17. So that's going to be tough for the Dolphins. And then the Ravens actually have it a lot easier with the Giants and then the Bengals, which are two teams that can knock them off. Don't get me wrong, but not the same schedule that the Dolphins have. So do you think the Dolphins hold on to that spot or do you think uh, the Ravens are going to end up finding a way in? Uh, I don't know. It'll be tough, but the Dolphins will have to find some way to beat the Bills um, week 17. That will be the important thing. Obviously, they still have to win their game this weekend to have a shot, but I'm less concerned about them beating the Raiders and more concerned about them beating the Bills. Yeah. But I don't know. It'll be tight. It'll, they'll be an interesting football team to watch um, coming down this last couple weeks. Yeah, so that's the AFC playoff scenario. Uh, NFC playoffs, just to go through it real quick. The Bears did beat the uh, Vikings, which we didn't know if we could trust the Bears quite yet, but they've put together two good performances in a row. And... Now they're probably the only team that could squeak into the playoffs at this point on the outside looking in. The Rams are at 9-5 and five in the 5 seed. Buccaneers at 9-5 and five in the 6 seed. And then the Cardinals at 8-6 and six in the 7 seed. Yeah, so I'm going to do the same thing I did for the AFC, um, get you guys a couple of playoff scenarios. So the Arizona Cardinals can clinch a playoff berth this weekend with a win and a Chicago loss. That is the only way this weekend that Arizona can clinch a playoff berth. That's pretty crazy. Like, the Bears have that tiebreaker over them. All it takes is one loss. And they exactly. play in Week 17. And they play the Niners this week, which is no slouch. So the Cardinals, that's a little sketchy. I, yeah, you can't be feeling too great about it. Yeah. Uh, moving, it, moving on, Green Bay Packers, they can clinch the one seed with a win and a Seattle loss. Or if they tie and New Orleans loses or ties, and Seattle loses or ties. Um, as long as both New Orleans and Seattle don't tie, they're fine. But basically, Green Bay wins, Seattle loses. Green Bay has the one seed. They will have the one and only bye in the NFC. Moving on. A very cool scenario there also. I'd like to mention. Like, it is. Seattle playing the Rams. I, it's not looking great for them. And to have the playoffs in the NFC run through Lambeau would be very interesting to watch. Going through the Tundra. It would be crazy. Moving on, LA Rams, they can clinch a playoff berth this weekend with either a win or a Chicago loss, or if Arizona wins. If Arizona wins, they're in the playoffs. Or if the Rams win or if Chicago loses, those are the three ways that the Rams can clinch a playoff berth this weekend. The Saints can win the division title with a win or a Tampa Bay loss. Those are the two ways. Or if both teams tie, New Orleans would have it, but ties aren't very common so if one of those two things happen those would be the situations seattle seahawks can cleanse the nfc with with the one and only option they must win this weekend if they lose this weekend they will not win it this weekend they will have to go on and play week 17 um, for the conference title tampa bay buccaneers can clinch a playoff berth this weekend with either a win or chicago loss and then the washington football team the last one uh, they can clinch the nfc east title with a win and a giant loss that would be the way that they could clinch that four seed and buy their ticket into the playoffs and have Alex Smith um, lead them into that wild card weekend 
yeah, I'd say some takeaways from that. So many scenarios and so many different things that could happen still. And who knows what will happen. But I think what's crazy is the Bears have the tiebreaker over not only the Cardinals, but they also have it over the Buccaneers, who they beat earlier in the year. So if the Bears could just string together a couple more wins, they could be a playoff team and somebody that nobody really wants to face just with that uncertainty of possibly blowing up and just going off. But it's going to be tough because the Bears do play the Packers week 17. And, hey, if the Seahawks lose, the Packers can just rest their guys and not even try against the Bears. And that could be actually a great thing for the Bears. So they're probably Exactly. But if the Seahawks win and the Packers lose one more game, and then I think the Saints have to lose one more also, the Seahawks would actually jump to the one seed. So there's a lot of scenarios here and a lot of huge matchups, especially for me, man. I'm anticipating that. Just so much anticipation for that. NFC Championship, really. NFC West Championship, I should say, between the Rams and the Seahawks because the winner of that game is going to win the division. And, uh, yeah, I, it's just a great time to be an NFL fan. We love Week 16, 17, and then 18, 19, 20 in the playoffs. So let's get some predictions going because there's a lot of key matchups. And uh, it starts with Christmas Day. We don't have a Thursday night football game this week. We have a Christmas Day game on Friday at 1.30. The 6-8 and eight Vikings – at the Saints, the Vikings, I think they may have an outside shot in the playoffs. I don't know. I can take a lot of losses, or they might be eliminated. Yeah, I believe they might have a crazy, somehow, miracle way that they could make it, but not very probable. I'm going to take New Orleans in this game just because New Orleans has a lot to play for right now, and it'll be important to get Drew Brees um, his second game back, and I think he'll warm back up and get back to a little bit of what he was like in those first couple weeks of the season. Give me New Orleans. All right, let's get crazy, huh? Let's go. Let's go, Vikings here. I like their offense a lot, and when they play in domes like they have it in Minneapolis, Kirk Cousins can sling it around. He's got Thielen. He's got Jefferson. Jefferson, a, a Pro Bowler. As we didn't really talk about the Pro Bowl announcements, maybe we'll talk about that next week. Dalvin Cook. I just like that offense, and for some reason, the Vikings just have this edge over the Saints. They beat them in the playoffs two years in a row, and I think they might just. Uh, cause the Saints some panic here uh, coming into week 17. Give me the Vikings on Christmas Day. Let that be my Christmas present on uh, Christmas Day. Wow. Wow. Even with the Saints defense shutting down the Chiefs run game and everything this weekend, he says that they're going to win. Interesting pick. I like it. Get a little I don't know, I don't know if they're going to win, man. I, I'm, I think they're going to win. I don't know. Uh, moving into Saturday, Tampa Bay versus Detroit. Who do you got? I'm going to go Tampa Bay. I'll bet you the Lions go off to some, like, big lead, and everybody's like, oh, boy, here we go. And then Brady's like, all right, that's enough. Let's go. Buccaneers are going to come away with the win, and they're going to move up to 10-5. and five. And if the Saints are at 10-5, and five, oh, boy, week 17 is looking a little crazy. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same pick. Give me Tampa Bay, same exact reason. All right, the next game on Saturday, we get three games on the 26th. So, yeah, we're loving that. We're loving that lineup. An NFC West matchup. 49ers and the Cardinals. Cardinals, as we mentioned, can lock up the uh, lock up a playoff spot with a win and a Bears loss. You see the Cardinals winning this one? I got the Cardinals. You know, Kyler Murray's turning it back up. I said at the beginning of this year, it was maybe one of the first couple episodes in the podcast. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks. Thought he should be in MVP talks. Now, not so much, um, but he's heating back up. He's uh, This offense is kind of regaining their confidence and 
getting their feet back under him. Give me the Cardinals. Yeah, I'd say he's kind of moving out of that underrated phase. Like he's he was just voted into his first Pro Bowl in his second season. Like the, the dude's playing real football right now, and I think he'll get he'll find a way to get that win over the Niners because they need it. They just need it more than the 49ers at this point. Moving on, Miami versus the Raiders. Who you got? Hey, that's three great games on Saturday, I think. And the Dolphins need this one so bad, which is why they are going to find a way to win in Vegas. The Raiders, I feel like they're at like seven and three, seven and four maybe a couple of weeks ago. And now they're going to be down to seven and eight is what I'm predicting. Because the Dolphins absolutely need to win this game to set themselves up for a possible playoff push if they can beat the Bills next week. So they're going to get this one against the Raiders. I agree. Uh, I think Miami needs this one too badly to go in and lose in Vegas. Vegas is just a wild card for me. I think they could pull it off, but I'm going to go Miami um, because they have more to play for, and it could be an interesting game, you know. Saturday games have been a little bit of a wild card. It showed last week that, you know, Panthers came back a little bit on Saturday night last week, and, you know, maybe it happens again this week. Maybe Vegas comes back, makes it a little interesting against Miami. We'll see, but give me Miami. Yep, and moving on to the morning window on Sunday, we have the Falcons at the Chiefs. Give me Kansas City. They want that one seed very bad, um, understandably so. A bye would be huge, especially with Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going down this weekend um, with some injuries. It would give them a week to rest up their running backs. Have two healthy or at least close to healthy running backs coming into this playoff stretch, would be, which would be huge, set up a play-action offense um, for Patrick Mahomes. It will be crucial for the Chiefs to have that one seed, especially with those two running backs going out. Give me Kansas City. Uh, Atlanta is just not, not good enough to win this game. Yeah, I'm with you there. And honestly, the Chiefs are going to win this game so they can get two weeks off. Like, as we already mentioned, if they win, they lock up the one seed. So not only will they be able to take that bye week off, but they'll probably be able to take week 17 off. So that'd be two weeks of rest for their star players. And letting Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and Clyde edwards Elair get fresh legs on, under them, it's not going to be fun for whoever has to play them in the second round of the playoffs. All right, next one we have the 10-4 and four Browns at – the New York Jets. I got Cleveland. They have a lot to play for right now. They're looking at the AFC um, division title um, against the Steelers right now. So I think they have a lot to play for. Jets, you had a great win last week. I hope you celebrated the crap out of it. I hope you play well on Sunday. But Cleveland is a very good football team. Baker Mayfield's shining right now, um, playing very good football. Give me Cleveland. Man, I'm liking these Browns more and more every week. Uh, they're surprising me. Their their offense has been good without Odell Beckham Jr. They, they've been better without him, actually. And with this running game and the way Baker's playing on that play action, obviously I think they're going to take care of the Jets, but I think they're going to give a lot of team fits, um, teams fits in the playoffs. So, yeah, give me the Browns for sure in this one. Moving on, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, who you got? Man, fun game here. The two teams that are still looking to lock up their divisions. What's crazy is the Colts and the Titans are at 10 and four. So they both need to continue to win to see who can get the edge. And I think the Colts are going to win. I, the Steelers are not on a, on a good run right now. And if they can't figure out their offense, I mean, they're not going to be able to win any games. And I think the Browns have a, a, an actual very viable shot at winning the AFC North as crazy it is, as it is. I'm going to go with the Colts here. I'm going to do the exact same pick, but here's some other reasons why. 
Ben Roethlisberger in the first half against the Bengals in passes under 10 yards in the air. So not guys running after the catch, but throwing the ball 10 or more yards or under 10 yards. Under 10 yards, he was 7 for 9, 19 yards in the entire first half. Over 10 yards, he was 0 for 7 with a pick. Yeah. In that first half, the Steelers, 0 points, 2 total first downs in the entire first half, and 3 turnovers. Against the Indianapolis Colts team that's very, very good defensively, it, that brings up a lot of concerns, especially um, with Leonard at that middle linebacker spot. Um, he's played really well this year. So those are some big concerns for me. Um, for the Steelers, I'm going to take the Colts in this one. And I think it's going to be a really good game. But, yeah, I've got the Colts in a close one. Maybe Rodrigo Blankenship gets him a last-minute field goal, the people's kicker. And then we're going to go into the Bears at the Jaguars. Seven and seven Bears, they need that win. And the Jaguars – well, they need that loss. Do they win this? I don't think so. I think the Bears win. However, for Jets fans, it would be amazing if the Jags could win this because you could have your Trevor Lawrence pick right back. Um, you wouldn't have to be upset. You could just be happy um, for your football team that you won this week. But I don't think they will. Give me the Bears. Yeah, the Jaguars, they weren't expecting this opportunity, I don't think. And uh now that they have it, I don't think they're going to blow it, and they're going to lose as hard as they can to go get Trevor Lawrence. As as much as we already kind of discussed how one player doesn't win it for him, Lawrence would be a big help for him and anybody, honestly. Um, but, yeah, and the Bears, they need this win. They have, a, they have an opportunity to go get into a playoff berth. They're going to take care of the Jaguars this week, and then they're going to give a Packers a heck of a fight next week, and uh, they could shake some things up. Moving on, uh, we got the Giants versus the Baltimore Ravens. Who you got? I've got the Ravens, um, and I think it will be a close one because the Giants tend to keep it close, and they have a solid defense. And we'll see if they can contain Lamar Jackson. I think they will for the most part. But the Ravens are just the better team, and the Ravens need this win a lot more. I know the Giants do need this win. Don't get me wrong. They have a chance to win their division, but the Ravens are going to find a way at home. I would agree. Um, Giants showed some red flags for me against the Browns on Monday night. So I do have that, or Sunday night, sorry, not Monday night. I do have uh, some concerns for that giant offense, as well as I just want the Washington football team to clinch the division this week. Say, yep, I got it. Got the four seed done. Um, moving on, like, I'll talk about it in a couple of picks, but I think Washington wins. And if the Giants lose, Washington gets that um, division title. Um, and would clinch the playoff spot. Uh, give me the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is starting to refine his groove in an offense that's been struggling all year. All right, next game we have the Bengals and the Texans. Yeah, it's a hard game to pick, honestly. I really didn't know who to pick. You know, I'm going to go Houston in this one purely because quarterback play. I'm taking Deshaun Watson over whoever the heck is playing quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Whenever, wherever, I don't really care where the game is. Currently, the line shows that Houston's favored by eight points. I don't know that they'll cover that, but I do think uh, that they could win this game. Uh, Deshaun Watson has worked too hard to continue to lose. Give me the Houston Texans. Yeah, there may have been a little controversy on Deshaun getting into that Pro Bowl. So I think he's going to go show out. He's had a tough season just with all that's gone on around him. And I think he's going to have a huge day. And I think 
as you said, maybe not covering. The Bengals might keep it close, but I think the Texans will come out with this one. Moving on, Carolina versus Washington football team. Who you got? I mean, I think the football team, I, I do agree with you. I think they're going to lock up the division here this week. But Dwayne Haskins may be in a little trouble. He may have broken some COVID guidelines. He may have gone to the uh, strip club without a mask on after the loss to the Seahawks. I don't know if Alex Smith will be back for that game. So who knows who's going to be a quarterback. But with their defense, I think they're going to find a way to win this game. And uh, we just, we've been expecting McCaffrey to come back all week or all year, I should say. And we just, he just never has. So I think the football team needs this one and they're going to go get it. Yeah. Um, it's, it was a hard one for me to pick. Um, but I think that the Washington football team can come out with a win. Uh, I think Alex Smith is a possibility for this week. Obviously we record these on Tuesdays. Today we're recording it on Wednesday morning, but I obviously don't know who's going to be playing quarterback on Sunday because we're recording this almost four to five days ahead of time. But I'm going to take the Washington football team and that front seven on that defense is scary. Even if Christian McCaffrey comes back, he's going to be coming back to one of the scariest front sevens in football. Give me the Washington football team. Then we're going to go to the 5-9 and nine Broncos at the 5-9 and nine Chargers in SoFi Stadium. Who you at? Give me the Chargers. Justin Herbert's a great rookie, great quarterback. I think he carries them to victory. Yeah, why not just help that uh, rookie of the rookie of the year resume coming off a good one against Vegas? I think the Chargers will win this one by a touchdown, and uh, it'll just help their spirits moving into next year. Moving on, Philadelphia versus Dallas. Who you got? These are two teams that are not hope, hoping the uh, football team wins this week because they honestly both still have a shot. What's crazy is that if the Football team lost out, and the Giants lost out. The Eagles went out. They would actually have the the division with that uh, tie that they got. So a six and nine and one team could possibly still win this NFC East. Still up in the air. And then the Cowboys are at five and nine. They're with the Giants. They're only a game back. So two teams that are fighting for playoffs. I'm gonna go with the Eagles just because I like the way Jalen Hurts is playing right now. And I don't know if I trust Andy Dalton. I agree. I got Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in this one. Philadelphia is just playing well. I mean, they played with the Cardinals, which is a pretty decent football team. So I'm going to take the Eagles. He, yeah. he NFC West matchup, the Rams versus the Seahawks. Who you got? Ooh-wee. Man, I am nervous. I am excited. And you know what? I'm confident. I think they're going to find a way to win this game. I think the Seahawks are going to win in a, in a tight one because it always is between the Seahawks and the Rams. But, yeah, I'm going to go Seahawks, and here's why. They didn't have Shaquille Griffin, their number one corner, last game against the Rams. They didn't have Chris Carson. They didn't have Josh Gordon, but apparently they're not going to have Josh Gordon this week either as he was cleared to play um, for the first time all year. And then apparently a minor setback in his substance abuse or substance use is actually going to not let him play this year. So that stinks. I was looking forward to seeing him. But still with Carson and Griffin coming back, I like the Seahawks at home, and they're going to clinch that NFC West. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm choosing the Seahawks as well. <laughs> I think that the Rams, however frustrated or angry they will be and whatever fire will be under them headed into this game, I think the Seahawks find a way to win the game. I think the key to the game will be the matchup of Aaron Donald versus the Seahawks offensive line. Because if Aaron Donald can get pressure on Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has not thrown the ball well this year when he's gotten hit or knocked down. 
um, multiple times in a game. So that will be the key to this matchup. I'm going to take Seattle, but watch out for Aaron Donald because if he can start getting to Russell Wilson, it could get really interesting really quick. Oh, trust me. Russell's seen plenty of Aaron Donald. I mean, they play each other twice a year, and he gets a – he gets Aaron Donald up in his face a lot. But I will say, surprisingly, Russell was never sacked one time against that great Washington football team uh, D-line. So if that O-line can continue what they were doing from last week, uh, it'd be a good sign for him. Sunday Night Football, the Titans, the bad boy Titans against your Packers. See, that's another great matchup. Who you got? It's in the frozen tundra too. But, you know, Unfortunately, I got to pick the Titans here. Uh, Derrick Henry is a good freaking running back, and we have not been able to stop the run all year. I think that the Packers are still in contention for that one seed. I think they'll take it into week 17. They do have the tiebreaker against the Saints, so it would be necessary for the Packers to win in week 17, which would be unfortunate to have to play those guys, those starters in week 17. However, I do think that they'll lose to the Tennessee Titans in the frozen tundra. I just think Derrick Henry's too big of a guy for this young front seven uh, to be able to contain um, very well. I'm with you there, man. I think uh, it's going to be a great football game. I think it's going to be really close. But I, I do like Derrick Henry against that defense and, and Ryan Tannehill, man. I mean, nobody's talking about Ryan Tannehill. The dudes uh, in the last two years has – even to better numbers than Patrick Mahomes. So it's pretty crazy how underrated and well he's been playing. And I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Titans in a close one just because man, they need to win this, but so do the Packers. I mean, it's a great Sunday night football matchup. Those last two games right there that we just talked about are gonna be crucial in deciding not only how the AFC looks, but the NFC looks. Um, Monday night football kind of caps it off. Uh, the Bills and the Patriots, who you got? I got the Bills. In my opinion, they're the second-best team in the entire NFL right now. Um, they're playing extremely well. And New England's made some unforced errors and personnel errors and stuff like that this past weekend, which is very concerning to me. And I just don't think Cam Newton can keep up with Josh Allen. So give me Josh Allen and then Buffalo Bills. Something I haven't really thought about is if the Bills win, they do clinch the AFC East. Do they possibly bench some guys against the Dolphins, maybe allowing the Dolphins to get into the playoffs? That's something we can maybe see as a possibility next week, but something to think about. And I do think the Bills, as you said, I think they are the second-best team in the NFL. And it's been close. We've been talking about the Packers. We've been talking about the Saints. But the Bills are just dominating everybody. Josh Allen's playing really, really good. And that Bills defense is solid. So I'm going to go Bills here. And, yeah, I think they – might be the second best team in the NFL right now. Alrighty, that wraps up our predictions and this episode of the Gridiron. Enjoy your Christmas. We got football on Christmas. It's been a, it's been a little bit since we've had that. So enjoy this whole weekend. Hopefully with your family. Stay safe, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We appreciate your support. Keep a lookout on our Instagram um, for announcements on when our episodes come out and other new announcements. Our page has now been uploaded to the company's website, Showcase Sports Media. So go go ahead and check that out. Our bios are on there. Our pictures are on there. And a list of all our podcast episodes are up on that website. Um, like Braden said, stay safe. 
be with family as best you can, whether that's Zoom or uh, getting to be able to be with each other. I hope you guys have a great holiday. Um, enjoy a great weekend of football. Stay safe. We appreciate the sport and happy football.